Who Knows Nada. My name is Brianna. This is the Mama Knows Nada podcast. And staying on theme for this year with our Stay True, we're going to discuss with Lauren, a Fit Mama tribe, about how we can stay true with our fitness goals this year. So welcome, Lauren. She Her studio is based in St. Augustine uh, here in Florida, where I am based. Um, and we're going to pick her brain all about fitness, wellness, and how that applies uh, pre-baby, pregnancy, postpartum. So again, thanks so much for being here. I'm so happy to have you in Future Fit Mama Tribe. Welcome to the podcast. Of course. I want to first go with a very basic question. And I think sometimes uh, when it comes to fitness and goals and everything, like it's easy to say like, oh, men are, you know, quote unquote stronger or women are too muscular or whatever. Like, um, and I kind of want to get into the difference of male versus female and how those bodies may or may not be different to train. Can you speak to that? Sure. So women generally have less lean body mass than men, um, of the same weight. And Mm. because of that, we are more susceptible to deconditioning. Um, Women also typically, I'd say the majority of women that I've worked with, they are exercising for weight loss and to tone up. Yeah. But in general, the the basic principles should stay the same. So, you know, training using your body weight before any external Mm. resistance, um, training the whole core system using multiple joint exercises, et cetera. Oh, I like that. I didn't even think about like we're training for different things. Yeah. Is there anything a woman has to consider that a man doesn't when training? Um, you know, we have less testosterone naturally. Um, mm. and like I said, um, we have less lean body mass. So we have more essential fat mass, um, which is essential for carrying children and, and things like that. So, um, because of that, again, we are going to be more susceptible to deconditioning. So if we don't exercise for two months, we will decondition mm. faster than a male of the same exact um, weight. Can you just define for me deconditioning to make sure I'm understanding you correctly? (laughs) So, you know, basically like kind of like losing, um, some muscle mass, um, not being able to perform, um, Mm. the same as you were when you were, um, being consistent in the gym. Okay. So that's really interesting. So if I'm not working out for like, if I like take a break or have an injury, my, my body will essentially lose muscle mass and not be as strong two months later than my male counterpart at the same size. Yeah. Like correct. Essentially. Yeah. And I never knew that (laughs) we always kind of joke about it, you know, especially with my, my female clients, um, which now I only train females. I used to train Mm. males and females, but you know, there was even that commercial a few years ago. It's like, it's like I stopped drinking diet soda and I lost no weight. My husband stopped drinking diet soda and he lost 20 pounds. And so it's just males just, um, you know, they have, they have more muscle mass and because of that, they're going to stay, a little bit leaner than, than we are just under natural circumstances. So ah, that's, that's a <laughs> biology for you right there. It is. Are there any misconceptions about training regularly that you'd like to address? So to come to mind, um, I would say the biggest misconception that I hear, and it comes up with pretty much every consultation that I do with women, and it's Mm -hmm. that women don't want to lift heavy weights because they don't want to, quote, bulk up. Um, So 
you know, the other one is, um, slimming down with cardio. So you'll hear a lot of women say like, they're just going to go do like an hour of cardio five days a week. And that's how they're going to slim down. Um, in reality, muscle is going to burn more than fat. So, mm-hmm. you know, I always say, if you only have 30 minutes to work out, do a strength training session, um, versus a 30 minute cardio session, because the muscle that you build, is going to burn fat throughout your day. Whereas cardio is going to burn those calories during that time frame, And then it kind of like stops a little bit faster than, um, than if you were to, to be building that, that lean muscle. I like that. And just for like clarification purposes, is something like body weight squats or like in pushups, um, mm-hmm. Is that yeah. what you're talking about for like Definitely. that 30 minutes? Yeah. And then for like a high intensity thing, you might throw in like burpees or something. Yeah, but that's for sure. More, that's more cardio. Is yeah. So I'm right talking or? when I say okay. cardio, I mean like hopping on the elliptical for 30 minutes or dang um, it. <laughs> <laughs> which we want you to move your body. So however you're able to move your body for those 30 minutes is going to be better than sitting on the couch for those 30 minutes. So, um, I tried to overthink it, but I still, I've, I've become very dependent on the elliptical because like, like I play <laughs> tennis and so I find that playing tennis three or four days a week, like everything's sore. So instead yeah. of running, like I'll hop on the elliptical, but maybe I yeah. need to do something else. <laughs> you know, you, you can change it up on the elliptical too. You can add resistance and, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll hold the, like the, the stationary handles and I'll kind of squat down and like sit back into it. So you really get a little bit of a lower body burn with the cardiovascular oh. element too. So there's ways to change oh. things up and keep I'm it so interesting basic. if you will. <laughs> well, I am too basic for the elliptical. Let's just, let's just put it that way. <laughs> All right. So now that we've talked a little bit about the differences between male and female, let's move into the female pregnant body. Um, I, I know and every, let's just preface this by saying every pregnancy and every uh, pregnant body is different and every pregnant experience is different. So we might go for generalities here for anybody yeah. who's listening, uh, yes. just to kind of put that out there <laughs> to begin with. Um, but what does a pregnant woman need to consider when exercising? I think first and foremost, it's important to remember that your body is changing and it's supposed to change. Um, mm. you know, I, I, I try to, I, I was thinking about like whether we should bring in like the social media component of this, um, which sure. we might talk about a little bit later, but, um, I think it's important to consider that, you know, pregnancy is not the time to start making gains or shooting for personal records. Um, we want to make sure that we're, we're honoring our bodies where they are, um, day to day, because it's going to change day to day. You might feel kind of like run down and and sluggish today. And tomorrow you might wake up feeling like a million Mm -hmm. bucks, like you could conquer the world. Um, but we want to start making small changes and adjustments, um, now so that we can help with things like diastasis, um, recti, your recovery, um, any kind of incontinence that you might, um, potentially deal with, um, both during pregnancy as well as in the postpartum phase. So, um, you know, just remembering to, give yourself some grace throughout the the pregnancy. Um, try not to compare yourself to, to others. Um, because like you said, like every pregnancy is different from person to person and from pregnancy to pregnancy within the, the same person. So, um, some other things to consider would be, um, you know, you might be short of breath or lightheaded, you know, there's a, there's a much higher blood volume, um, and a higher resting heart rate. 
Um, and then we mm. also have that um, hormone called relaxin that is produced during pregnancy, which is going to increase the ligamentous um, laxity, um, especially in your pelvic joints. So um, mm. you might start experiencing things like pubic symphysis pain or sacroiliac um, pain, um, you know, which we can we can address if those things happen. Um, and then I think the, the other thing to consider is, um, a little bit of the fear mongering that's been going on, um, which I see on social media. Um, you know, my oldest is eight and a half. So when I was pregnant, there was little to no information readily available for me, um, training myself throughout my pregnancy. Oh, yeah. I, went, wow. I looked back at my, um, my personal training, um, textbook. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to like brush up. Um, actually I did this when I was training my first pregnant client about 11 years ago. Um, and I was like, Oh, right. I remember now that the section on pregnant women and working out was, um, it was no more than two paragraphs and it was in a section called <laughs> special populations. Wow. So it was grouped in with training the elderly, wow. I mean, like all the special populations that you can think about. So, um, so we kind of went from this huge pendulum shift, right? So we had basically no Thank information God. available to now it's readily available at our fingertips, whether you Google it or whether you're on Instagram. Um, and, you know, we want to make sure that you're, you're getting your information from a valid source, not mm. from somebody who has trained themselves during pregnancy, but has no other training, um, or because someone has a ton of followers and, you know, things like that. Um, and you know, like, just because you're pregnant, I think that, you know, like, I'll get messages in my inbox sometimes. Like I just found out I'm pregnant yesterday. What do I need to change now? Uh, so, um, so, you know, just because you're pregnant, it doesn't mean that you're now limited to the workouts that your grandma um, is doing. Yeah. Um, but it is really imperative to know your limits and to know when to pull back, when to modify, when you can maybe pick it up a notch. Mm. Um, and, you know, just to know that there are tons of safe ways to do the workouts that you're used to doing um, so that you can continue to feel like yourself and, and not feel like you have a handicap um, of sorts because you're pregnant. No, I like that you said that. And that was like my next thing is like, when are modifications? Um, well, first, before I get to that, I want to go back yeah. and just say, I think it's interesting in the last 10 years, the last decade, how that shift, you know, like, yeah. I mean, in my lifetime from my mid twenties to my now mid thirties, like the focus that there is on having healthy uh, yeah. pregnant fitness. For um, sure. and, I, and, and we're going to get into like, pros and cons of that in a minute. But so I think that's an interesting thing in just 10 years to have that definitely huge yeah. sway. and either yeah. we're, we're more conscientious of it or women have just demanded, like, I'm not going to just sit here and grow a baby. I still want to be active and do it right. correctly and healthy and in a safe manner. So that, that's really exactly. interesting. But in terms of modifications, um, I guess, why are they important? And when, in your experience, have you recommended them to clients? Like maybe like one day I can do a burpee and then all of a sudden, like now I can't like, yeah. what does that <laughs> modification look like? And, right. and why would you recommend it is my overarching question. So we want to modify exercise. It's not just during pregnancy. So think about if you have an injury, you would, you would modify mm. to protect yourself, to not, 
continue to injure yourself more. Um, so we want to make sure that we're not overstressing the body. You know, there's tons of postural changes mm. that are happening during pregnancy. Um, and those can lead to, um, breathing differently. It can lead to some increased abdominal pressure that results in what looks like kind of like that dome down the center of the, the midline of the ab abdominal wall. Um, so I don't think you've ever seen that before, but kind of like, like if you go to do like a sit up and you see like this, like dome kind of happening down the midline of your, um, yeah. abdominal wall. Okay. Um, yeah, talking about. yeah. So, um, so we don't want to add extra stress to an already stressed system. Um, so, you know, sometimes mm. like, for instance, you, you use the burpee, um, example. So if you want to start modifying the burpee, so let's say you're, you're coming down and putting your hands down. And obviously if, if you're doing burpees and coming all the way to your belly, to the floor, we want to stop doing that once you feel like you can't lay on your stomach anymore. Um, but let's say you're doing more of like a strict style burpee where um, you're putting your hands down, jumping your feet back, and you feel like you get into that plank position um, and you can't support that abdominal wall anymore. So maybe like your hips mm. start like collapsing down. Um, so we would want to start maybe elevating your hands up so that instead of being in a full plank okay. position like this, you could elevate your hands onto like a box or a bench or something like that. Um, and so, you know, we always want to pay attention to how do that feel. Um, and mm. like I said, like there's not going to be a set week of your pregnancy that we say, stop doing burpees, stop running, stop this, stop that. Right. So we always take it as an individual approach and how did that feel for you today? And do we need to start modifying that exercise uh, just so that you can feel really strong, supported and connected through your entire core system? No, I think that's so cool. Awesome. And part of the reason I, I reached out to you in particular, just so anybody who's listening knows, is that you do specialize, like you're, you're a fit mama tribe. Like you yeah. specialize <laughs> in women's fitness, yeah. prenatal, pregnancy, postpartum, all of those things that I yeah. think it's really important to have somebody who's in it every day speak to uh, what is you know, kind, I mean, it's, it's always a sliding scale like that. I think that's just like the essence of life, but I think it's really important to have somebody who sees different women at different stages of pregnancy, postpartum, um, pre baby kind of, you know, discuss yeah. what is and isn't acceptable. Cause you're in it every day. You know what I mean? Like I'm not in it every day. I'm not, I have my kid. I'm done. You know? <laughs> so, now in your experience and, and, and your expertise, do you think that exercise during pregnancy, can that help have in like birth and in postpartum recovery? Yeah. So, you know, you're seeing some, some programs out there of, of like do this program and mm. guaranteed to not get diastasis recti or guaranteed to have a, a better birth and recovery. And, and what I will say to that is that there are no guarantees for, for anything. Mm. So what we do know is that exercise supports health and it supports a healthy pregnancy. But it, like I said, it's not going to get going to guarantee um, how your labor and delivery and recovery will go. Um, sometimes things happen. So, you know, a baby mm. can stay breech and you might need to have a belly birth or you might need to be induced due to blood pressure. And, you know, like I can speak to my own pregnancy of my first one. I was extremely healthy. Um, I didn't gain a lot of weight. I was working out regularly and around like 35 weeks or so, my blood pressure started spiking for no apparent reason. Wow. I even asked my doctor, I was like, what did I do wrong? And he's like, he's like, you've done nothing wrong. You've done everything exactly 
perfect. Um, but sometimes your body just reacts this way. And I ended up being induced at, at 39 weeks. Um, it, it was not, um, preeclampsia, but you know, they wanted to just make sure that the baby and I stayed, um, healthy. So induction was not in my plan and that was not, you know, what I was expecting after staying so healthy throughout my pregnancy. But like, like I said, things happen. Um, you know, but we, we want to make sure that you do stay active, um, just for the health benefits of it. And, but we want to make sure that you're staying active, um, safely and with the correct support system. Um, and you know, it's exercise for your physical and mental health, no matter what stage of life you're in is, is, um, very important. So. Amen to that. I couldn't yeah. agree with that more. I don't, I, my husband knows like if I don't work out, like <laughs> stay away from me. Like it, it's like, it's, you know, people meditate and maybe this is just my un, an undiagnosed ADD or ADHD, but I find that like having that outlet, whether it's aggression, frustration helps me focus, but like I think just moving your body, even if it's just like, you know, walking the dog or, or, or yoga or something like, and me personally, I did yoga all throughout pregnancy to help with like yeah. breathing and like, you know, finding that space, um, to deliver my, my son is essentially what I did it for. And I think sometimes like we were, we don't focus on like staying fit for health benefits. We, we focus on like exercise and fitness for being, you know, thin or built or ripped or this, like, you know, a, in a physique qualification when, when really it's just about like keeping our bodies healthy, you know, keeping yeah. our, our mind healthy, you know what yeah, I mean? Like exactly. just, that's just my, me on my soapbox. That's what I, yeah. I know, I it it sounds for, like my so. husband. He'll be like, do you need to work out or something? Cause you, <laughs> you need a little wound up. <laughs> yeah. You need to go take a break. You yes. time out to the gym, right? Exactly. <laughs> he, he knows he's like, okay, it's been a day. You, uh, you didn't work yeah. out. You say, okay, please go for a run. Go away from yes. me. Like, Thanks babe. <laughs> well, at least yeah. I, he like knows me well enough. Um, so we talk about, birth and like recovery, you know, I was speaking about this with, um, a pelvic floor, um, therapist and about how, um, you know, there's that six week recovery time, you know, right. like OBGYNs give you like that six week recovery time. Yeah. Right. Um, which is like, okay, what does that really mean? Like who mm -hmm. knows? But <laughs> when it comes to working out, you're being cleared to be physical and, you know, re-engage with an exercise program post baby. Um, I'm going to put this in quotation marks, but what is a realistic timeline for getting back to like a healthy pre-baby weight? Yeah, that's a tricky question. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> fair, fair especially <laughs> because everybody is on this six week timeline, it seems, um, mm. where they're like, okay, it's six weeks. I'm going to be cleared to do everything. And I don't know about you, but when I was cleared at six weeks to go back and do everything, um, you know, that was eight and a half years ago. And, and, um, I mentioned there not being a lot of information about working out while pregnant at that time. But there was mm -hmm. even less information about the return to exercise after pregnancy. Mm. Um, I ended up finding um, Emily Wannenberg. She's um, based in Jacksonville. And um, okay. she created the fourth trimester fitness method. And I, okay. I, I found her, thankfully. Um, and that was where kind of my, my postpartum 
journey, both for myself and for working with other women kind of began. Um, and that's where we learned that we can actually start doing things to support ourselves just a day or two past, um, giving birth, you know, trying to re-engage the pelvic floor and reconnect the core system Mm -hmm. together to start, you know, just getting things, you know, the blood flowing again and, and to get the, get yourself just feeling reconnected. Um, you know, you, you start hearing like, th- um, nine months in nine months out, you're seeing all the pictures of nine months in nine months out. Yeah. And, and everybody says it took nine months to grow this baby. It's going to take nine months to get the weight off or to, to feel like <laughs> you did pre baby, but there's plenty of women that felt great two or three weeks postpartum and they want to start going mm-hmm. for their runs or they want to start working out again. And then you have women on the flip side that it's taking 12 to 18 months, um, to feel like themselves and to feel like they're reconnected again. And I think it's important to know that no matter where you fall on that timeline, it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's just so much pressure for women to bounce back. And I hate that word, um, <laughs> that phrase, um, because yeah. you, you know, you, you look at your friend who had a baby, you know, two weeks after you and they look better than you. And you're like, what happened? Like, why do, what happened to me? Like, why why don't I look like that? So, you know, there's, there's so many things that, um, play into it. Genetics is one. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, just breastfeeding for some people makes the weight fall off. Breastfeeding for other people makes you not able to lose any weight. So, um, you know, I think (laughs) we just need to remember that we need to support your body. Um, know how to, to progress yourself, to gain your function back and, uh, mm, I like and that. to start feeling strong again and, and supported. And, and, um, so I know that's like a very vague generalized answer, but, um, we just, we can't put a timeline on it because if we no. do, I, I feel that puts even more pressure on women who are already feeling, you know, super yeah. vulnerable, um, totally. and, you know, maybe just down about, you know, how they're how the recovery is going. But I like that you didn't put a timeline on it because it is a tricky question. And just going back to like, what, what did you just say, you know, to find the functionality of your body again. Yeah. And, and I like that you say you don't like bounce back because the body you had, you have post baby is different from any body you've ever had. So how are you bouncing yeah. back? Like, I agree. I have to agree with you on that. Like, you know, your hips are wider most of the time. Like your, your skin has been stretched, your organs have been moved around and it's like, there are tons of people and I know a bunch of them who are like, yay, six months, a year later, they have these beautiful, like, you know, toned physiques. And like, I say all the time, like I'm still 20 pounds heavier than I've ever been in my entire life post baby. And I work out five to seven days a week. You know, I, I do the yoga, I run, I play tennis, you know, I'm doing the squats and the burpees and I have, you know, a trainer that I see once a week and you're just like, (sighs) and then you're like, well, I do enjoy French fries once in a while and some (laughs) wine. So there's gotta be balance. And, and I think it's really important that just to, you know, drive your point home that we understand that our bodies post baby aren't necessarily meant to be the same as they were before. And that's okay. And I I think that we should try to like normalize that. Like, yeah, there is no, you know, nine, nine months in nine months out, you know, like that's going to look different for everybody. I think what we should start thinking about is are you taking care of your body? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to be physically active? Again, I'm on my soapbox. Uh, and 
you know, are you trying your best to be healthy with an balanced lifestyle? And if we could have those questions and the what's an acceptable time to quote unquote bounce back, well, maybe we would have a lot more moms who felt, you know, capable and empowered instead yeah. of like, they're not doing enough. Yeah, exactly. And I think <laughs> that's, that's just me. <laughs> I use that word a lot, empowerment. And that's what we're trying to, to do at Fit Mamas is, is empower women with knowledge mm-hmm. so that they know, um, you know, how to continue to, to move their body safely and, and how to, um, challenge it. You know, we want to continue to challenge your body and, and, um, so you can get stronger. That's how we get stronger is by challenging our, our our body and pushing the the boundaries Mm. a little bit. And I don't say that, um, in a, in a sense of like, you know, running back and like squatting the, the, the weight that you were squatting on the barbell or, or doing box jumps and all that. So, um, I think that's right. the biggest thing is that I, I like to make sure that women know that, you know, there, there's a, a process to getting back to, to where you want to be. And let's say you were like a marathon runner and you get mm-hmm. the all clear at six weeks. You're not going to go out the next day or you shouldn't go out the next day and, and try to run 10 miles. Um, it'd be like trying to, if you were squatting, you know, 200 pounds on the barbell prior to getting pregnant, you're not going to go and and start at 200 pounds. You're going to start light and and work yourself um, back up to that. So, um, you know, Mm. like we mentioned, like not overstressing an already stressed system, like your body goes through a lot, no matter what type of birth you have. And no matter how you're feeling too, um, even after like a vaginal birth, um, you might be feeling like a million bucks at three weeks postpartum, but you have to remember that all of those organs and, and parts of your body, they've all been kind of like displaced and everything needs its time to come back, um, and settle back into where it's supposed to be. Um, and you know, we want to make sure that you're not having any kind of urinary incontinence and pelvic pressure and mm. things like that. And, um, you know, it's like your mom and your grandma always say like, Oh, well, that's just what happens. Now you had a baby. Now you're going to start peeing your pants when you jump on the trampoline. And, um, so just knowing that there's, there's ways to progress yourself back into exercise so that you're not feeling those, those symptoms. No, I think that's really important. Do you think, um, and you've already kind of answered like, you know, how long to wait, because you're right. It all does vary. But yeah. do you think like, or have you seen like a vaginal delivery versus like a C-section? Like, is there like a noticeable difference in like recovery time from a fitness perspective of when you have seen clients be able to come back to work, to work out yeah. into the gym? Um, and so this is also a little bit of a tricky question and you know, I'm going to preface it by saying I am a fitness professional, not an OBGYN or a, a midwife. Um, <laughs> fair, fair. But so typically I know this, I think this varies by state, but typically in Florida, mm. whether you had, and I call C-sections belly births, um, it's just, I feel it's a more like gentle way of saying it because no matter how your baby like came out of you, we all birthed our babies. So no matter if you had like um, a vaginal or uh, a belly birth, typically in Florida, you'll be released at six weeks, sometimes eight. Um, if you had any kind of complications or things like that. Um, huh. but uh, I've had clients, friends, um, studio members, who've had a belly birth, um, that was like an emergency that they, you Oof. know, it was like a real quick, got wheeled back to the OR and yeah. just had to get the baby out as fast as possible after they labored for 13 to you know 20 hours. So they were exhausted 
then they went under a major surgery, um, and their recovery mm -hmm. was brutal. Um, those same people who went in for a scheduled um, belly birth with their second birth, um, they felt amazing a few days after. Uh, I, and I mean that in, in, a, in a physical sense of, of, you know, they didn't feel like they had been like run over by a truck. Um, but they, you know, they still have the incision of course. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, the incision from a belly birth can hinder movement in the early weeks. It can make you feel a little disconnected with your core, um, not able to engage the core to even, you know, like get out of bed, um, easily. Um, but then on the flip side, uh, there are, um, birth traumas that happen with a vaginal birth, um, you know, so perineal tears, True. episiotomies, yeah. um, those types of things. And, um, if you have a, a grade four, um, tear, I mean, that can feel terrible for several weeks, if not like a couple of months, um, which is, you know, I, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for, um, all women seeing a pelvic health PT, um, mm. during pregnancy and, and after their birth, just to, to make sure that everything is connecting properly and that you are moving, um, the way that you need to be moving to, you know, protect yourself. And it's not just in, in the gym or in your yoga classes and things like that. It's, it's your basic functional day-to-day -day movements that we are finding ourselves, um, hurting, getting hurt. Yeah. So picking up the laundry basket in a weird way without engaging your core, picking up the car seat, you know, the, the lightest the car seat's ever going to be with the baby in it is the day you leave the hospital and then every day it gets heavier and heavier. So, um, that's so true. Nobody yeah. ever says that, but that's a, just a really good yes. fact. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I guess, you know, to answer your question, like there is kind of a general timeline like six to mm. eight weeks, but there are, you know, plenty of people that, um, have not felt like they can get back to their regularly scheduled workouts, um, mm -hmm. several months after no matter what type of, of birth they had. So I just think it is impeccably important to highlight that we all want an answer and we mm -hmm. all want to be told like we want the when can I when can I, I want to get back to normal yeah. and do this yeah. and I just think asking the provocative questions and putting no, no I'm not trying to put you on the spot but like yeah. getting the insight is just saying that you are your own advocate for your body and if yeah. you feel good you know two to three weeks you know, even after a belly birth, I like that you call that, that actually it's really cool. Um, if you feel well enough and capable to try something, you know, obviously probably lighter again, I'm not the fitness professional or doctor here, but like to ease your way back into it, then you should try it, you know, like is, but if you don't feel capable, if getting out of the bed is hard or walking across your bedroom is hard, then you're probably not ready at six to eight weeks. And I, I think that we're trying so hard to, you know, get back to the grind or do it that like, we're not giving ourselves the grace and we're yeah. not allowing our bodies to find that new functionality, Yeah, especially now that we're caring for a human on top yeah. of our own individual human being. Yeah. So, I'm not, I do. I'm not trying to be provocative, <laughs> but I guess in a way I kind of am. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I teach a, a six week postpartum recovery series, and that is through mm -hmm. the fourth semester fitness method that I, I mentioned. And um, it's, you know, approved by doctors and midwives. Everyone who has seen the curriculum loves it. Um, and it's because we start teaching women 
um, as early as 10 days postpartum after a vaginal birth. Mm. Um, we say six weeks for a, a belly birth, but there are um, a couple of uh, OBs in the area that will um, clear at three weeks as long as there's no complications um, because mm. they see the importance of of teaching these women how to correctly support their body. Um, so we, you know, we lay the foundation, how to use your breath with your pelvic floor mm. and your deep transverse abdominal mm. muscles to, um, to help support you throughout movement. You know, you, um, if you, let's say you're yes. having your, your second baby and it's a, a belly birth and the doctor says, um, you can't lift anything heavier than the baby and you can't drive and you can't do this. There's all these things you can't do. And, you know, I, I spoke with my OB about this and I said, what I'm seeing is, you know, cause I see kind of like the real life version of the mom, like the mm -hmm. OB sees the, the mom who's like just getting the, the advice yeah. from the doctor of like what you can and can't do. But then I see what's actually happening when these moms leave the hospital is mm -hmm. they've got a two year old at home who weighs 25 to 30 pounds, who doesn't understand that mommy can't pick you up. So what's the mom doing? Picking up Baby, the, pick the up toddler. The um, mm -hmm. And I, I just point blank said, my goal is to make sure that these women are doing this safely so that they don't mm. hurt themselves. And he was totally on board. Um, and so he will clear it three weeks um, for belly birth moms who have no complications because, you know, the first two weeks we lay down the foundation. How do you connect that breath to that deep core system? And then how do we start um, applying that to basic movements like squats? And mm. when we say squats, I'm like, I can't squat. I, I haven't been cleared. And like, well, do you sit down at the kitchen table and stand up? Do you sit down to the toilet and stand up? Mm. Like all of these things you're doing, picking up toys off the floor, you're squatting several hundred times a day. So we need to teach you how to do that safely um, so that you protect your, your incision. So you protect your pelvic floor. Um, so that's a really nice way. Um, we've got several instructors actually around the country now um, who teach that series. And it's uh, I took it after both my boys were born. Um, and I, I was making the trek all the way to Jacksonville. It was like a full hour there and back with a wow. two week old. Um, so I saw the importance and, you know, and I wanted to be that advocate for myself, like you mentioned and, and to be proactive in my recovery so that um, I didn't have issues down the road. Well, I like that you're, you notice and you are like implementing something like I, when I had my son, and I talk about this in other podcasts, so people, sorry. Um, I had an intervention. He was vacuumed out, but like I looked at my doctor in the eye and I said, I'm 1,500 miles away from friends and family. My husband yeah. doesn't drive. You're fucking crazy if you think I can have a belly birth because if I am laid up for eight weeks, yeah. there's no one to look after this child. Right. I mean, four days after, five days after my son was born, my husband was at a business trip in Arizona. Like I, I, There was no other option right. for me but then to show up. So I think it's great that we we have all these recommendations, quote unquote, from our OBGYNs and our doctors. And again, I'm, I'm never trying to slander our doctor. hundred no, percent. Like, yeah, definitely never trying to do that. Although it sounds like that every time I talk about him. Um, <laughs> but the, like the functionality of day to day life and the reality is that many of us are, I work from home uh, or stay at home moms, or we are moms who work in the office and we still have kids at home. Like the reality is we have a lot yeah. of crap to do every day. Yep. And yes, we might have a partner who's there to help us, but we still have to pick up that toddler who's two years old, even yeah. though we're not supposed to. So I love that you are making it accessible to women to say, Hey, we right. understand that 
you're going to have to do this. Why don't we give you the tools to do it properly? So you don't re-injure yourself. So you don't have more complications so that you and your children and your partner don't suffer. Like, I think that's brilliant. And I think it's so smart because again, we're all trying to get through the day and sometimes you only have your two hands. That's incredible. That's, that's, I wish I would have had that (laughs) four years ago. (laughs) Just to really quick speak on um, what you said about, you know, like we're not talking badly about OBGYNs or or wives. They are amazing at what they do. Um, And I think from the time that I set out um, to start Fit Mamas, everything that I've implemented over the last, um, because I I started it um, in July of 2013, my oldest was three months old. Yeah, so it's just over eight years. um, And everything that I've added on and implemented within our community is something that I wish had been available to me. So I'm trying to build Mm. this entire support system for, for moms. And I'm trying to, you know, make sure that we can work, um, with care providers to give women the best outcome. Um, and you know, like, and I, I never will overstep, um, or, you know, um, step out of my scope of practice. Um, but you know, just making sure that we, we have a team of people that can, help women. And it's from Mm -hmm. care providers, OBGYNs, midwives to, you know, fitness professionals, making sure that we can get women back and feeling like themselves. Um, pelvic health PTs and even Mm. mental, um, health therapists are a huge component, um, as well, because, you know, postpartum depression is, is in postpartum anxiety. Those are very, so real. Yeah. Just on that, like to go kind of off topic, I've had so many women talk to me about postpartum anxiety, like not even, they they didn't feel depressed. They didn't like, that's a big issue, but it seems like just in my little circle of people that I've spoken to, it's almost like that anxiety piece is like, yeah almost, and I I don't have statistics here. Again, I'm just going off of like my little microcosm. Um, It's almost more prevalent, but not really discussed as much as like all the sudden everything, like, you know, like walking down the street the other day with my toddler, I'm like, Oh my God, a car is going to jump the curb and hit it. You know, like this, 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 this crazy anxiety that happens. I'm not saying it doesn't happen to partners or dads. Um, but like the, like the biological birth parent, I feel like in a lot of cases you just have this thing and you're just like, Holy crap. Like what? Why am I so worried about things that never before crossed my mind, know. you know? So I totally had I that with my first too. I, I, remember <sighs> I was walking at my parents' house upstairs and the, you know, the balcony just looked down at the first floor mm-hmm. and I started having these visions of him flying uh-huh. out of my arms over the balcony. <gasps> like, and I'm like, what is happening? And I wasn't telling anybody because nobody was no, definitely nobody was talking about this, um, back then. And, and I then you feel crazy. And I felt crazy. And it wasn't until several years later, somebody started talking about postpartum anxiety. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if that's what Damn I meant. And, um, right. You know, so it's just, and, and you know what, go ahead. You finish. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I, I was just talking with a, a client yesterday. Um, and you know, she told me like, she's like on the other side of it now, but you know, I trained her for her mm. pregnancy and, and now her son's about to be one. And she was mentioning that, um, you know, she had postpartum depression and she'd gotten mm. on some medication and she was feeling a lot better. And I, I felt very guilty because it was hard for me because I, I didn't know her prior to pregnancy. I met her while she was pregnant. And so I didn't know mm. her 
before, like all the yeah. hormones and, and things like that. Um, totally. but I could tell in her postpartum stage that she was possibly struggling, but I was like, well, maybe that's just her personality because I didn't know her. Um, but I, I said, you know, how could, what could I have done different? Um, how could I have asked you, um, you know, how, how are you doing? And I, I try to ask moms, how are you doing emotionally? Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's an open-ended question that maybe they'll open up. And I, I don't want them to open up to me as, as meaning like, I don't, I'm not obviously a, a mental health therapist, but I do have people I can say like, why don't you call this person who is a mental health mm-hmm. therapist who can, it's, it's qualified to talk to you about this and point you in the right direction. If you do maybe need some medication and things like that. And she said, she said, Lauren, I don't know that you, what you could have said or you know didn't say would have made a difference because my own family didn't even ask me and they know me, wow. they know me in and out, my parents and my husband and things like that. And so, you know, I think that's a, a, a big hurdle we need to get over is, is making sure that, um, that women are supported mentally as well, because it's, mm. you know, especially now in the last two years that we're, I think it's even more yes. prevalent than it used to be. So absolutely. Everybody's kind of quarantined off from their friends and family. <laughs> Literally siphoned off yes. from people. And <laughs> we're all at our wit's ends. I would, I, I would say, and I, I have two things to speak of to just kind of go on that topic. I think that one from that client, you, that was a lesson for, for so you, you don't know, right? Like yeah. you, if you don't know somebody or you know them in a very specific way, like, you know, I, I practice with tennis coaches all the time and I'm very bubbly and outgoing and I'll have a bad day here and there, but like, they're not going to know if I'm having a bad day. And I think that sometimes like, that's almost like a, a lesson and an opportunity for your own, um, for the future. If you ever come across someone like that in the future, yeah. like, and maybe they'll be fine, but you will ask that open-ended question. So I think yeah. that everything's a learning opportunity and it, I'm sure you felt a little bit better when you realized her family didn't even know. Um, yeah, you know, I, I do, you know, in, in the last class of that six week series that I was mentioning, um, I, we go over, you know, just kind of like the maintenance plan of how to continue to yeah. progress yourself forward and things like that. Um, but I, I do mention in that class, um, you know, if you are feeling down, like maybe the baby blues are lasting more than a few weeks, um, yeah. you're, you're just not feeling yourself mentally. Um, just be sure that you reach out to somebody, whether it's your yeah. partner or your parents or aunt, uncle, doctor, therapist, talk, talk to somebody, um, because you know, there's no reason for you to suffer for months on end. Um, totally. You know, I, I know two people specifically in, in town that they went one of them seven months. One of them was nine months postpartum before they were heard and diagnosed mm-hmm. with postpartum depression. It's, just, it's so sad. They had to go that long, you know, feeling. That yeah. Way. And then they probably think that something's wrong with them and you're like, eh, no, no, yeah. like this is, this is something you can work through. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just right. Hormones are crazy. Let's be real here. (laughs) The other thing I wanted to say is that that's part of the reason I started this podcast was to, to, because I felt like there was so much I didn't know about motherhood and my options and childbirth and things that could, should, and I want accessible. Like, I think it's so important to like, you're building out all these things for fit mama. And I'm like, I want everybody to know about all the things I didn't know about. And that if I would, I would have done, I would have done it this way instead of that way, you know, like, yeah. or they've tried something different. I just think that like that knowledge, just like, you know, just learning and being able to 
connect with people and let them know like what's happening yeah. that they probably aren't getting from you from anywhere else. Like this, you had, you can do all of these things and it's okay. As long as like, you know, like your practitioner is part of your plan or like whatever, whoever right. your practitioner may be. Yeah. So when it comes to, um, personal training and fitness, how can a professional like you help women and achieve fitness at all these various stages? Um, so, you know, like we mentioned, um, no two pregnancies, no two postpartum journeys, um, mm -hmm. no two days are ever going to be the same. Um, so having a fitness professional who specializes in this demographic, um, it's going to be beneficial to you because we know how to change up the workout or the exercise mm. based on where you are today, not where so you, important. not, not, not which week of pregnancy you're in, but where you are today, where, how you're feeling today, how is your body reacting mm. to these um, external forces that we're, we're placing on it. Um, and so, I mean, we know how to safely um, program and um, progress and modify every single workout and exercise um, that we put you through. And, and, um, you know, we, we, you can come in and say like, you're having trouble, like getting in and out of your car. I mean, so it's even functional movements that we can help with, mm. um, you know, things like that. Nice. So, um, you know, I, I think kind of before I started, before I became, um, certified and, and trained, um, heavily in this demographic, but like the perinatal, um, women, so mm -hmm. pre and postnatal, um, I was kind of one of those trainers like, Oh, I train myself throughout my pregnancy. So I know how to train people throughout theirs. And then I was like, Oh, actually, no, I don't. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, and you know, that's when I, I started getting my hands on any kind of literature or any type of, um, trainings and workshops, um, that I, that I could. Um, and I've traveled all the way to Canada for, for workshops, um, with professionals and, um, you know, any, any time I can find to, to read as people are like, what do you read when you have spare time? I'm like, um, <laughs> for fun. I'm like, uh, I guess uh, my, my textbook. get better, get better. <laughs> yeah. My job. Thanks. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm very interested in it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm always looking at, at new material and, um, in, in questioning, some things that I read, like, does that actually mm. make sense? Um, or, you know, so, Oh, I like that. I love all so of I'm that. I'm always learning and great. I'll never claim to know everything. Um, and I, I think that's always good to have a kind of a thirst for more knowledge. Amen to that. I can totally get behind that. When moms or women clients get discouraged um, yeah. in their fitness progress, how do you offer tips for them to stay true to their goals? Um, so keep them so, motivated, I guess is a better way of putting that. Yeah. And, it, and it's going to be tricky. Um, so <laughs> the theme of biggest, this podcast in particular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I've had those struggles myself. Um, mm. and one thing I always tell myself and I tell my clients and our members is, is one day at a time. And I know that can sound like, Oh God, like I roll. Um, but it's true. Like we all have, have those days or weeks where life just literally gets in the way and, and we put ourselves last most of the time. Um, you know, some weeks where, I don't know about you, but I eat out way too many times. Um, and even if you try to eat out and eat or something healthy, it's just not as healthy as when you cook it at home. Um, mm -hmm. some weeks we don't get our workouts in and we get a little grumpy. Um, but, 
<laughs> it's important to just remind yourself that like, that doesn't mean you failed. doesn't mean you failed mm. towards working towards your goals. Tomorrow is always a new day to start again and start fresh and, um, and do something that's going to help you work towards those goals. Um, so, you know, whether it's like meal prep or getting yourself to the gym, um, you know, I, I think one, one of the things that, um, I used to be this way. It's like, Oh, I don't have a full hour to go to the gym. So I'm, I'm just going to oh, skip it. So, that. And so remembering that, that like, if you can get 15 minutes in, even if it's something quick like in your driveway or in your living room, um, that's better than no, no minutes at all. So, um, it's, it's, uh, I think that's, that's the, the ticket is just remembering that every day is a new day. And just because you had one and I don't like to, say like the word like bad meal or bad day you know I, I think like you mentioned earlier like finding that balance and mm-hmm. knowing that uh, that one meal or those french fries that you ate that's not going to derail you from, <laughs> from, uh, <laughs> from what you're trying to achieve um you know it's, it's like an 80 20 rule 80 percent of the time you you are treating your body very well and and like honoring it and, and being good mm-hmm. to it and 20 percent of the time we want to like let loose and, and have fun. You know, I, I've personally been on all of the different, um, places that were, you know, completely, completely like restricting myself from all the things that I love. And then all of a sudden yeah. one day you just like binge on all of it. Um, and then, you know, like on the other spectrum, like just binging too many days in a row or, you know, but kind of finding where, you know, you, you, you work out or you eat that healthy meal and you say like, that made me feel really good. So I'm going to do that again because I like how that made me feel. Or, you know, you eat like all the Oreos and you're like, Oh, I feel like crap now. I'm not going to do that again. (laughs) You know, I can't buy processed. Like if I like cheese, it's, there's a box in my cupboard and it's like, I can't buy cheese. It's, they put something in those. You You can't just have one or five. Uh -uh. It's like, not all or literally the box. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's your caloric intake for the I mean, day. What and did it has you put your... in this? Because I can't take my, take, take, take I my hand out of the box. Oh, no. It's, it's like, but, ugh, that and like French fries. Like, I you just can't put them in front of me or I'm just going to be like... <laughs> And fruit snacks can't buy, can't buy fruit snacks. I don't buy fruit yeah. snacks. My poor kid is probably deprived, but it's more for my benefit than for him. Like, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> I will eat all of those child. Trust me. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share that you don't think we covered? Um, you know, just back to that last question too, you know, feeling discouraged about mm. your progress or, or whatnot. You know, I, I, I tell my, um, a part of my postpartum um, recovery journey after my second was born um, a lot, just because I feel like it kind of resonates with, with a lot of women. Um, so um, I had the birth that I wanted with my second. I mm-hmm. went to, into um, labor on my own, was not induced, and um, he was born sunny side up. So um, I had some tearing. I had a grade two tear, and it goes one through four. And I was like, and I had a friend who had like a grade three or four who was walking around quite well. And I was like, how does she walk around so well? And she has a higher grade than me. And, and I mean, I'm talking like, I was like holding my hand down there, like to walk from the couch to the bathroom, because I felt like everything was just going to like fall out of me. And this was, you know, one of the previous questions of, you know, can it, can it help you with your labor delivery, your postpartum journey um, exercise? Mm -hmm. 
And so again, I had done everything the way it's supposed to be done. And he just kind of like turned during labor to be sunny side up. And, um, I, it took several weeks to even feel like I could walk, um, you know, a 10th of a mile down the street. I mean, that was taking me like 20 minutes to walk that distance. And, you know, I went back to work at six weeks. I had, um, started seeing a pelvic health PT at, uh, three or four weeks postpartum because I just, I could feel I was in that postpartum recovery class and I I could just feel like the recruitment was not happening with my pelvic floor. Like it should Mm. be at that point in time. And I, I just, I literally couldn't figure out what was wrong. So, um, I was also having like this weird tailbone pain. I was having like fecal urgency where I was feeling like I had to like race to the bathroom and I would sit down and like nothing would happen. Like what is happening? So, um, I ended up going to see the, the pelvic health PT um, she fixed the tailbone issue in one session and we figured out wow. the reason why I was not able to recruit those pelvic floor muscles is, um, because I had some nerve damage on one side. So we started working on that nerve damage. Um, but I was uh, feeling, sorry, this is a long, I, I'm getting long winded here. This is but, fascinating. No, I think this is great. <laughs> I was just kind of feeling like, um, you know, I was, I was six weeks postpartum. I went back to work. And everybody knows I just had this baby and they're kind of watching. Well, they probably weren't. It was probably all in my head. Um, but I felt like everybody's <laughs> watching me. I was like, okay, what's she going to do to like get back, bounce back and get her body back. And I was squatting, um, literally oh, man. Like, a, like a quarter of the way down. And I was doing that because that's where I felt like I could control my core system and my pelvic floor. That's where I could get that recruitment to happen. And so I'm like, they're all probably thinking like, why is she squatting? Like, six inches down and, and up, but I was feeling really discouraged at one point in this whole postpartum recovery process because mm-hmm. I had done everything right. And, and I had been recruiting my pelvic floor and my core during exercises and things like that. And that's when and I mentioned, like, sometimes things just happen that are not totally in your control. And, um, <sighs> so I just had to remind myself that like, all these little baby steps that I was taking mm. was going to help me to be- come back even stronger than I was before. So although it didn't happen on my timeline that I had set for myself, um, you know, it ended up, it did end up happening. And, and, um, and now I can use that story to help others to understand that like, you know, it might not happen as quickly as you want it to, but you know, together we can get you back and stronger than before. I love that. I think that's a good share. I think that's something that like we all have our own timelines, how we think we want something to go. Sometimes it's just not in the cards and that's like, say la vie, that's life. Like you have to, again, let's go back to that grace factor. Yeah. Real quick. I think we can squeeze in one more question. Um, and this is just off the cuff. How do you uh, stay true to yourself, be it fitness and motherhood, what keeps you grounded and, um, centered, you know, <laughs> going into every day. How do you make it happen? Fair. Um, you know, I'm a human like everyone else and mm-hmm. I, I have the same struggles that every other mom has. And, um, you know, being a, a fitness professional, I think it's, it makes things a little bit more tricky because it's like, okay, this is my job. I, I have to be in shape. Um, I have to take care of my body and, and things like that. Um, so 
I try to stay true to the advice that I give the moms, um, of, you know, one day at a time and Mm -hmm. let's just do something today. That's going to help me be a healthier version of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, some days it doesn't happen. And, you know, I try, try the next day. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, it happened this week. Cause like, you know, the holidays just yes. crazy and foods everywhere and yeah. overindulge in all the things. And, and, um, yep. <laughs> it's like, so okay, guilty of that. this week, I'm just going to move my body. I'm going to find at least 30 minutes a day to do this. And, you know, the other day I was outside in the driveway playing basketball with my boys. Um, and that's how I moved my body that day. So, you know, just finding ways to make it happen. Um, even if it's not a, a structured workout inside the gym. I like that though. That's so real too. Like some days you just can't. Yeah. <laughs> you just, yeah. You just, you just got to do what you can with and, what you got. You and know? some days like you, you literally just need to rest and your body's telling you, you need to, to take a rest day and just, you know, feed your body with good food and hydrate and, you know, get some good sleep. Chill. Easy. Yeah. Chill. So it's yeah. a really good point. So yeah. Lauren, tell everybody where they can find you and Fit Mama Tribe. So the website, website is yeah, com, and Mama is M-A-M-A-S. Um, on Instagram, it's Fit Mama's Tribe and as well as on um, Facebook. We do awesome. have Pinterest um, as well, but that's one of my 22 goals is to be better at Pinterest. You can only do so much. Like, you know I know. What I mean? <laughs> you're one woman running a business with family. Like, there's only yeah. so many social things you can keep up with. At least that's what I tell myself. Like, whatever. Yeah. Everybody's like, you should get on um, TikTok and, and on LinkedIn. And on, I'm like, oh, I just can't right now. <laughs> <sighs> One, one, one thing at a time, you got sometimes it's like, what do they even tell you? Like marketing experts, we even tell you stick with like one or two that you're really good at and just go from there. Um, anyway, that's a different topic for a different day. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> But this is Lauren, uh, Fit Mama's Tribe in St. Augustine. Thank you so much for sharing your fitness advice, your tips, your insight for pre prenatal to postpartum bodies. It's just so... At, And just to recap, like, it's all tricky, people. Like, you got to talk to your practitioners. You got to ask questions. You got to be honest with yourself and give yourself grace. But we're really grateful for your time and your insight and your expertise. And I'm so glad you're close to me because I might have to come down and see you. (laughs) I wish you would. Thank you so much for inviting me on today. This is great. Oh, this is awesome. And to anybody out there listening, Give yourself some grace and have fun learning all the things you didn't know you needed to know. Yes.